It is Locked on LSU, your team every day, Friday edition here on the Locked on LSU podcast. Uh, no media availability for the LSU Tigers. So um, a little speculation as we head into week zero and then game week for LSU. You'll hear from uh, analyst Mike Detillier. Will Wade uh, is back stateside from their trip to Spain. You'll hear from Will Wade coming up shortly and some of your questions as well. First, though, uh, NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier joined me on Thursday. We spent some time talking about LSU, LSU-Texas, the challenges that that game presents, the opener against Georgia Southern facing a triple option team. But we started by talking about the LSU offensive line and how Mike sees that situation currently. Still fluid. I mean, uh, you. I think going in, I think that was the big concern. But I think we were more concerned about the tackle position, uh, that has somewhat held up. But now you started all these injuries at the guard spot, and I think it's raised the questions there because you, you've got five guys working as one. They're, it's, it's almost like a dance group. You, everybody's got to be in step here. And, and I think that's always the last thing to come around, no matter what, on any football team, I think is your offensive line because you've got to work as one, even though you're five. And, you know, they've had a lot of different people that have missed time with injuries, and we'll just have to see, you know, with Damon uh, and also with, with Chase and Hines. But it's given a lot of work to uh, Donovan Campbell. And same thing with McGee. He's gotten a lot of work in there. But th- there is that ability to have to work with one another and communicate with one another. And I, I think that, no, more than anything else, that, that, that's a big question mark. It was going in. I think it is now because of what you had injury-wise, you know, along the guard positions uh, for LSU. So it is what it is. You know, you're never going to come out of there clean, I'll be honest with you. That's that's not what training camp or fall camp's about. You're going to have an area where it's maybe been hit by injuries and um, maybe knock on wood, other than Cordell, it looks as though they're going to have everybody ready to roll uh, for week one. So. That's the good news about it, but I do always worry about offensive line play early because I think that that's difficult uh, the first couple weeks well, when you start a season of, of how they all work together as one. Aside from the offensive line, Mike, are there any questions that, that linger for you? And they got a lot of depth on defense. Yeah. Uh, we certainly see it at the linebacker position. And just listen. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to listen to Ogeron. When he starts talking about players, what he's talked about with Clark at the, at the linebacker position, I think every time he's walked up to the mic, he's talked about him. I know. You know what? You, you better keep that in the back of your mind. No matter what you might think is on that depth chart, he thinks a lot of that guy, and he continuously talks about it. I think what's been a real – Big plus has been how quickly some of the young corners have come around. Now, they don't have a lot of experience uh, depth-wise uh, at the corner position from a standpoint of uh, college games. And I think he liked what he saw there, uh, that those young guys you know, showed a lot of swagger, showed a good ability to find the football quickly in flight. And I think he – I think defensively, that's probably the biggest surprise for him in – the fall drills of how quickly some of those guys would come along. He knew he had the depth situation at safety. He, I think he figured out, you know, at the linebacker spot, he was pretty good there. Defensive line, that, that's pretty strong. If you can keep everybody healthy. And, and he loves to rotate those six, seven guys in a game. 
so that's come along. And um, again, Kilavon is the difference maker there. But the one guy there up front, I would, I think, in for a big season. That's Glenn Logan. He's not talked about a lot. You know, it's about Richard, and certainly he earns the respect of, of what he's done over the last few years at LSU. Uh, Fahoku also is, you know, he's a monster player up mm-hmm. front. But Glenn Logan is a guy to watch for this year because I think he's in for a real big season. Um, the one thing last year, you didn't have that consistent pass rush. If Chason's back, like I think he is, um, you're going to have it. And you're going to see how teams got to play him differently now because you just one guy's not going to block him. Oh, that's all I'm going to tell you. You're going to have to give him help. You're going to have to chip some kind of way. If it's with a tight end or a back or whatever, you cannot leave a tackle one-on-one with him the entire game because you're going to get beat. And a lot of people, oh, well, what about his numbers? Man, I could care less. You know what? If I got two guys having to block him, I free up somebody. You do your job and beat that man one-on-one, and you're going to have those situations. That's what a guy like like Chasaw brings to the table. And I do think that's a, a, a difference maker on, on this football team, but a lot of depth. But I think the big part about it is the young corners have come around and played better than I think they thought they would. He's on Twitter at Mike Dettelier. We'll talk much more about uh, the Georgia Southern game next week, Mike, but I'm curious if you've given any thought or have talked at all with Ed or anybody about defending the triple option next week and when you start preparation for that and how that might affect. Because, look, I mean, Mike, the first two weeks, I, I don't know that you could face two more polar opposite offenses than they're going to face in Georgia Southern and Texas. That's true, but when you watch Texas, doesn't Ellinger doesn't Ellinger give you problems running the ball first, first and foremost? Uh, because I don't want to compare him to Tebow, but he's sort of a, a middle range version. That's what he wants to do first. He wants to run the ball. I think for LSU, that thing against Texas is, you know what? We stopped the run. I force you to throw it. Make every throw. Make it. I, I dare you. Go ahead and throw it downfield. And we got defensive backs that can cover pretty good. The, Texas has not faced that type speed on the defensive side of the football in a regular season. I mean, come on, you're playing in a Big 12? Right. How, how many defenses got that type talent, that type speed? Uh, none. Absolutely zero. They, they don't have that. George, Georgia have, would be the rebuttal, Mike, in the bowl game. Well, I said in the regular season. So, no, I know. Uh, I, I, not, I know the motivation factor, but they, they did well. No, listen. You know? I, no, I, I don't take that away. I, no. I think Texas... They outplayed them and outcoached them. No matter what, with motivation, you Texas outplayed them and outcoached them in that game. They were ready for everything Georgia threw at them. And the one thing Georgia could not do was they couldn't stop Sam, you know, on these third down type plays, in which a lot of times he takes the ball and he runs it up the field. Okay, it's third and three, he gets four yards. You got to stop that because he's going to feed you it. That, that's his deal. He's going to feed you a, a big portion of that. He's a big man at quarterback. Yeah. He's gotten better as a passer, but you know what? I'm, I would much rather see him throwing the football than have him running it. And I think that there may be a deal. You know, A few years back, uh, Chief did something against Johnny Manziel, and the, the two games they played him ended up winning. They put him in the teacup. In, in essence, they forced Manziel – 
because where he was good in college was his ability to be an improvisational quarterback. Okay, he steps up in the pocket. Okay, somebody's coming, and he runs away, and he fakes like he's going to throw it. He takes off running, or he makes the completion downfield. What he couldn't do against LSU was, and Chief did a good job of coming up with that game plan. They teacuped him. They put him in the teacup and said, you know what? You ain't running away from here. You're going to throw it from here. And he had a lot of difficulties against LSU. And interesting, he came to the Manning camp. Well, the one day he was there before he got kicked out. (laughs) Uh, And he told me it was not Alabama's defense that gave him the most problems. It was LSU. He said, I had never seen that before. I'd never been in a spot where with the athletes, they wouldn't let you get to the edge. They basically held their position and and told him, hey, throw it. If if you're going to throw it, throw it. And he said, you know, we we couldn't connect downfield. I'm wondering if something similar is going to happen against Texas with Ellinger. Because one thing with him, if he breaks containment, you know, he's going to get some yardage. Is When he goes back to pass, throw it. I dare you to throw it. Now, with the triple option and what Georgia Southern's going to do, it's it's different. I would much rather play him in game one than week five because, you know, then I get just a couple of days to prepare for it. I'm sure that they have played that. And one of the things that's told me is you look back at the teams that have given us problems. It's been teams Troy, Syracuse, Florida. And like you said, you're certainly with Alabama, but – this is, you know, with two at quarterback, right. you got some issue because he can throw it really well, too. But he said, you look at those games, put Alabama off to the side, look at the teams that have given us problems. Fast-paced offense that can run the ball, and we have not done a good job of tackling and also playing the pitch. And I think that they've worked on that quite a bit, and I think that there's a game plan for that uh, to try to stop that. But, you know, it's difficult if you play in the middle of the season uh, was it Army or Navy that gave Oklahoma all kind of problems? It was Army last year. Last year. Yeah, oh man. My Overtime, Mike, they should have beaten them. Yeah, and so, you know, but when was that game? Wasn't it middle of the season or sort of it was, the later? No, it was early, Mike. I mean, it was, I think I want to say late September. I mean, it was, okay. maybe, it was maybe even, Mike, the week, I want to say maybe it was the week before the Texas game. Um, I'm looking it up right now, but it, it wasn't, but, it was early. But it wasn't week one. No, it was not week one. It was, and let's see, here it is. I think he, um, hell, that was last, hang on. It was week four. It was September 22nd, week four. Okay. Two so weeks two weeks before they played Texas. So, I mean, that's you, because you're not used to seeing that. And they, and they do a really good job with it. I mean, that's why Georgia Tech has given teams problems in the past with it. But my thing is, a lot of times it's crowding the box. A lot of times it's making sure you keep containment. A lot of times just making sure that you have your gap position filled. And and you know what? I think it's a good test run for going against Texas, who has a quarterback that wants to do some of that himself. Uh, he Because he he's not beating teams throwing the ball all over the place. That That's not his forte. He's gotten better as a passer. But really where he's been really good is when he gets you kind of wondering what he's going to do. That, but his running skills are really, really good. And so I think it's a good test run. And if I'm going to play a Georgia Southern, an Army, a Navy, an Air Force, put them week one. Man, don't give them to me right. four, six, eight. Uh-uh, I, I don't want that because I only got a couple days out the game plan for you in that spot. And you rarely see it today. 
That's what gives you fits. And what is the RPO today? Isn't that sort of a version of it? Yeah. In essence, they took a little bit of that running part of it and put it in that run-pass option. So that there's some elements there in what they game-planned against Georgia Southern that they can also use against Texas. It, it, it's all about making sure you have gap responsibility and good tackling up front. I think that was something that defensively they weren't real happy about last year. That was some missed tackles, missed opportunities in games over the last two years that slipped away because they couldn't stop somebody on third and four and they gained six yards. And and a big back kind of gashed them between the tackles. That's why a guy like Clark is interesting because of all look how thickly built he is to play the run. You know, and so there's some elements there, but uh, I would much rather play Georgia Southern game one than yeah. game six. And I do think there is a little bit of a correlation on what they do running the ball and what you're going to see when they play Texas because of the quarterback Texas has today. This is the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. If you want to hear the full interview with Mike Dettelier, get to the 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge Facebook page, AFR On Demand or online, 104.5ESPN.com. And you can check it out on demand, AFR on demand. A Will Wade back stateside after the trip in Spain. You'll hear from the LSU Tiger basketball coach next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We continue Locked On LSU, your team every day. Uh, LSU basketball was 3-1 and one on their trip to Spain. Will Wade and the Tigers are back stateside. And Coach Wade joined Jordy Collada and T-Bob Bear on Friday morning on Off the Bench. The interview ran about 15 minutes, and they talked everything from Skylar Mays and the biggest surprise and sleep patterns and everything uh, therein. New guys as well on the roster who's showing out. Uh, it's all there. You can go listen at 1045ESPN.com. We'll let you hear a few excerpts from the interview, uh, a little chunk of it, and they start by talking in this clip about uh, Trendon Watford, the five-star out of Alabama who played really well for the Tigers in Spain. Well, I mean, he was our, he was our leading scorer over there, and uh, he was exactly what you think he is. I mean, he touches the ball, and really, really good things happen uh, for your team. He had five. He had uh, 18 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists, and one turnover in one game. So, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, we played him everywhere from the from point guard to the five, uh, and everywhere in between. We started him at the three wow. one game. We started him at the four one game. Hmm. Um, you know, we let him bring the ball up the court, and so he's just very, very versatile. I've, I've, you know, I've never had a player like him, and so we've got to get him the ball and get him the ball a lot in the right spaces because he's going to make uh, he's going to make really really good plays for us. Will Wade, LSU head uh, head basketball coach, joining us here as uh, Tigers coming off the SEC championship last season and then going into a uh, another regular season here as school gets started uh, in the next couple of days. Coach, we saw that uh, Greg Heyer had a birthday over there, and it's not just about everything that goes on the floor. Talk about the chemistry building and things that happened off the floor for your team away away from Baton Rouge. 
Yeah, I thought our you know I thought our guys had a had a good time. Like I said, I thought Skyler um, really kind of spearheaded that with our with our team, and you know we had guys. Uh, you know, one thing I like to see as a coach, I just kind of sit back and observe. But you know, we had a bunch of guys. They they would go in groups of you know large groups, eight to ten people to 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 eat, and, um, to to get out of the hotel and go go around and, and, and tour and sightsee and and things of that nature. So. Um, I really, really like where we're heading this, that that way. That this is the uh, the closest team we've had since we've been here. Mm. You know, a lot of times as a coach, you've got to kind of make it happen yourself. Kind of, kind of plant some seeds and let them grow. This is one of those deals where I just kind of got to stay out of the way. It's happening organically and naturally, which is which nice. is the way that you uh, which is the way you prefer it to work. So I feel uh, feel excellent about that. I really like our team. I think we've got a good team. Um, you know, I think this trip was very good for us. Uh, you know, you always got to recalibrate a couple times during the year. After that Oklahoma State game last year, we had to change some things with our offense. After the Houston game, we had to change some stuff with our defense. You know, I've got a good sense right now of, hey, here's the things we've got in so far they are going to work, and here's the things that i got to go about changing here in the next couple weeks. And so it's not going to take us four or five games into the year, eight or nine games into the year to get some changes and to figure out the best way to play with this team. I've got to very, very clear picture after leaving Spain of, nice. hey, these are the three or four areas we need to be really good in on defense. Here's the three or four areas we need to be really good on on offense, and let's let's be great at these areas, and, you know, the rest of the stuff will work itself out. So I think it was a very, very positive trip for us uh, from that perspective. Andre Hyatt was an interesting prospect for you last year. Came in, could play, but had some injury. How How's he looked on the floor? You know, he, he had a really good game, uh, two of the games. The last game he couldn't play, he tweaked his knee a little bit. Um, he should be fine. He should be good to go. You know, as, as we get started back up next week. But um, you know, he, he did some really, really uh, good things. He rebounded the ball well. He, he obviously made uh, made a couple shots and made some things happen. But um, I was pleased with him. It was good to get him back out there. Cortez Cooper had some good moments. Um, had some good moments as well. So um, it was good to get those guys some minutes and get some tape with those guys that we can watch when we get back and uh, continue to. Uh, Continue to improve. Continue to get those guys better and get them in a position where they can they can help our team this season. General Will Wade, head basketball coach of the LSU men's basketball team, stopped by here off the bench, fresh off the trip from Spain. But our guy's already up. He's already logged his miles. He's rocking and rolling. What's next for the off season, coach? What's his next phase like? What are y'all planning? And then and then do, are are you still going to do? The retreat uh, after a trip like this, the retreat where the team kind of gets away from everything, cell phones and everything, is that that that, that further bonding experience? You know, next week we're gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna meet with everybody one on one. I give them a report card on the summer. Hey, here's how you did against your goals. Here's where you need to go this fall. You know, so we'll, it'll be you know hour long meeting with each kid. Oh wow. Um, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a long conversation, and I'll give them my report and. And, and we'll have good dialogue on that. We'll lift a little bit next week, and the following week we'll get right back to the get right back to the basketball stuff. Um, give them a little bit of time off this week to rest and recover, get off to a good start with the uh, with the school year, and then right at the basketball stuff the following week. Now I know we'll have a bunch of guys that come in and, and work on their own this week, but we won't have anything uh, anything mandatory, uh, so to speak, outside of uh, outside of those meetings. But um, yeah, we'll get we'll get back after it. We're certainly still looking at doing a retreat. I think those. It, it, that's good because your team changes all the time. You know, you get a different team every day. So your team's always changing uh, based on different circumstances and based on different things that happen. So we'll certainly look to uh, continue to do a retreat. I've actually got my uh, 
fall planning meeting this morning nice. uh, with a couple guys on my staff. So we'll get the schedule hammered out from now past Christmas until uh, the second semester. And so that'll be uh, that's in my notes and, and part of uh, part of what we're going to hammer through today. How some of those new faces work out on the staff to see them in action in Taz and Mitchell and Coach Nickelberry? It was good. It was good to have good to have everybody there. And uh, you know, Taz Taz did a really good job. Taz did a good job preparing Cortez. Uh, for one of the games, he did a really, really nice job getting him getting him ready to go. And so, uh, Coach Nickelberry always keeps things loose and uh, does a uh, does a great job with the with the players off the court. And so, I was very, very pleased with that. Let me mention this: y'all hadn't asked about him, but the best player on our team Charles this trip was Charles Manning. Oh, and so he he was he was tremendous. He's going to be very, very difficult uh, to keep off the court. Uh, he affects winning on both ends. He shot it well from three. He shot forty forty. 40 plus percent from three on the trip, Ooh. finished everything, led us in steals, got his hands on a ton of balls. We put him on the best, best, best player of the other team. Most of the time he can guard the ball. I mean, he's everything we thought he was times about five. Wow. Uh, wow. He's a very, very good player. He's going to make a huge, 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 huge impact uh, on our team this year. He can play all sorts of positions. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a real, real player. And so um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him because he's going he's going to make a huge huge impact on our team this year. Just seem just hearing you talk, and I haven't asked you. It seemed like Manning and Bishop pleasant surprises to you. No, we knew they were good, but yeah. I mean, you just don't know how they're going to react when things are you know when things are a little helter skelter. And I'm telling you, Manning's got all the right stuff to him. <laughs> I mean, he is a oh, he's a player. Wait, so okay, so if he shot over forty percent from three, Emmett Williams has been in the gym. We talked about last time just shooting constantly. Marshall yeah, Graves, like yeah, like like how how improved will the, the the shooting be from last year? Or maybe like it looked like uh, it was going to be, be much, a strength. It and, can't, be, can't be much worse. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> it can't it can't it can't be much worse. But uh, we'll be better. You know, I think uh, we shot about thirty eight thirty nine percent from three as a team on the trip, which is which we would obviously take that. Yeah. Um, but. For the most part, we took a lot better threes. We took some good threes. You know, part of our problem last year is we took we took some high. You know, we took what I would consider four point shots, just some high degree of difficulty uh, uh, shots. And you know, Skyler didn't shoot a bunch of threes. He was driving it most of the time. And uh, Days shot it very, very well from three. Days Days played really well as well. He hit 15 in our last game, and he had 11 deflections by himself in the last wow. game. So wow. he was really, really active. I thought Days had a good trip. I thought I thought most of our most of our guys had very, very good trips and productive trips, and so it was, um, it was, it was really, really good for us. But I'm telling y'all, Manning is a, oh, he is a stud. Wow, I'm getting hyped. Uh, wow, man. I can't wait, dude. I'm ready for some LSU basketball. This is the head basketball <laughs> coach talking now. This is good of a, I mean, this is good of a junior college player as I've seen. Wow, and uh, just in terms of being ready to play, and his, and his junior college coach down at Florida Southwestern, Coach Murphy, Eric Murphy did a great job with him. But I mean, this kid is ready to play he's wise beyond his years he's mature um and he can do everything you want on offense he does he does his job as well as i bet he does his job where sprint does it whatever he's supposed to do he does it about 95 percent of the time and he does it right and he does it perfectly about 95 percent of the time and uh that's what you like as a coach he's dependable somebody you can depend on somebody you can count on and uh, i really really trust him Congrats to Rashard Lawrence, one of 37 players on the Ted Hendricks Award watch list. The Hendricks Award goes annually to the nation's best defensive end. There are some of these that I'm going to point out that I think 
the watch list carries a little more weight than others. Like when you have the Remington watch list and 80 centers are on it, it's just not going to carry as much weight. You almost look at it and say, if your guy isn't on it, that's a problem. But for example, we talked about the Johnny Unitas uh, award watch list and Burrow being on that. He's one of like three guys on the list that that you go, yeah, I think he's got a legit shot of winning this. Not just on the list, but are the front runners to win it. And the thing with the Hendricks Award, there's only 37 on this watch list. So it's a much more scaled down watch list. And realistically, the names on it that jump off the page, Raekwon Davis from Alabama, Jabari Zaniga from Florida, Malcolm Roach, a Baton Rouge kid from Texas, he's on the list. And then Alton Robinson, who you may not know the name or may not sound familiar, but Alton Robinson had 10 sacks last year at Syracuse. He's the nation's leading uh, returning sacker from a year ago. So after those guys are among those guys, I think you'd consider Rashard Lawrence. And I, I, this is the, the comp I'm going to give you. So I've, I've mentioned before some sort of predictions for the season. Like I've, I've said, I think they go 10-2. and two. I think Burrow throws for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. I've told you as far as the running game, I don't think any running back goes over 1,000, but I think you can look at the 2011 rushing statistics, and I think this year will mirror those where you have five guys that all contribute uh, largely in the game with two primary guys in the 700-yard range. I think if you look at Rashard Lawrence at the end of the season, I think his stats will mirror what Christian Lockature did in 2017. Now, I don't know if that's going to be enough to win a national award, but that year, Lockature had 66, from a defensive tackle spot, by the way, had 66 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, and six sacks. If Lawrence has that kind of season, I think he will be a finalist for this award. I think Lawrence will have a really good opportunity to be in the, in the mix for that award, especially if LSU has the team success as well.